I grew up in the 60s. We didn't have okay, grandma. rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rules. <laughs> Hello, y'all, and welcome to Jackalope Tales, Urban Legends, and Music where we uncover, is it real or is it a jackalope tale? I'm your host, Charles Mooney. And I'm Lisa Umbarger. And also with us today, our production crew, Jenny. Hello. Jeannie. Hola. Natalie. Hello. And on the board, the director of regulation, Sam. That is me. <laughs> I run this shit. Yummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on today's episode, we're going to be discussing censorship. Yes. Quiet. Yep. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't. Yeah. You know what today is. Don't talk about it. (laughs) And uh, we're uh, specifically going to talk about how it affected certain musicians. Yes. Frank Zappa. Yes. Drowning Pool. The Toadies. Oh, yeah. And censorship is something that gets me kind of fired up. I got a lot to say about this. It's your moment. It is. Yeah. Remember, we used to work at Sound Warehouse. Yes. And this is during the PMRC. Oh, God. I remember that. Parental Music Resource Center. Because when we were working in Sound Warehouse, there were no stickers, no warnings, nothing on CDs and vinyl. Right. Two live crew just let fly. Yeah. You could go out and buy that tape, and you could be 12 years old, and you could get that tape, and uh, yeah. Me So Horny will be playing on your little jam box. Oh, I remember when it came out, we had to start asking for IDs. Right. Depending on what was being purchased. I can understand two live crew not going to a little kid. Oh, sure. But some of the other stuff that they did was insane. Like, they pulled full labels Every artist that was on a label mm-hmm. because of a few artists that were on that label that were considered satanic. Oh, yeah. Metal oh, Blade right. was one label. Right. Everything was pulled. And there was no there was no discretion about, you know, well, this one is bad and this one has the sign of the devil and this one says slaughter pigs. And then this one is the Goo Goo Dolls on Metal Blade. And let's just take the Goo Goo Dolls off the shelves. But the Goo Goo Dolls, there's no reason Goo Goo Dolls should be pulled and censored from the shelves. Oh, yeah. It even surprised me that they were even on Metal Blade Records. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's a weird signing for them. And not every album was bad that was on Metal Blade. Bad as in... It had something that they thought oh, no. needed to be censored. They yeah. just willy-nilly pulled everything. It's just one of those where maybe one, maybe two were very questionable. Then all of a sudden, everything on the label was bad. And uh, I remember people coming into the record store by people, meaning the bad people, and they would pick a record label. And I remember Iron Maiden was a target of a lot of these folks. Uh, and they would bring it up to the manager of the store and go, this one shouldn't be on the shelf. They felt like they could say those things. Oh, God. And just because they disagreed with the artwork, they were going to pull stuff off the shelf. And we're going to have some examples of that extreme stuff even in some of these stories. it's ridiculous. I know that Rolling Stones albums were targeted. Yes. um, For sure, ACDC. Oh, it's amazing what was targeted. And it was just... It's it's a stupid, and it's something that really made me mad when I was younger. Yeah. And it still makes me mad to this day, and it's still ongoing. You're right. And in fact, because I just remember us 
Because, gosh, we were around with the PMRC hearings right. and just hearing about all the stuff that was going on with those. And yeah. I felt like a lot of it was focused on rap music and trying to get rap music mm-hmm. out of the stores as well. Oh, yeah. So we talked about Metal Blade, but rap music really was caught up in all of this. So it was like they wanted to pull all rap music Oh. Off the shelf. And I remember, of course, the, as clean as they want to be, as dirty as they want to be. That was the Two Live Crew album, right. wasn't it? Right. And we would sell out constantly of the as dirty as they want to exactly. be. And we'd have 50 million of the as clean as they want to be. Right, exactly. And it never, ever sold. Yeah. So. And just because it was rap, they were going after Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Anything that they're going to rap about is going to be controversial. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. It's so sanitized. Oh, God. So I just felt like it was uh, shots fired at black music yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so we're going to talk about censorship that happens in radio. So my first story yeah. is uh, censorship during wartime, and I'm calling this wartime earmuffs. Okay. And this may go unnoticed and kind of under the radar, but during wartime and civil unrest, radio stations have decided that we need help picking a playlist that eases our fear and big emotions Mm -hmm. because we can't handle them ourselves. Yeah. And we can't be trusted to listen to a song and just be okay with listening to a song. It needs to be controlled. Yep. There were songs that were regularly played that were taken out of rotation. Program directors feared that populations stressed by war could not handle the influence and the message from music. And most people are familiar with censorship of music that if it's considered violent or overtly sexual mm-hmm. or satanic. Mm-hmm. But we're not as familiar with the wartime earmuffs. And this was happening across all genres of radio and music oh, and wow. across the world. So in the UK and the United States, here's some examples of songs that were deemed harmful to the public during the Desert Storm era. Okay. Walk Like an Egyptian, because we're not going to m- mention anything about the Middle East. Right. Love is a Battlefield. Oh, my God. What? I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight by The Cutting Crew. The oh, Cutting Crew. Oh, my. Come on. I will survive because, God forbid, we should have a positive Um, message during wartime. Right. I will survive, which has nothing to do with war, by the way. No. And pretty much the whole ACDC catalog and the whole later Rage Against the Machine, their whole catalog. But just for good measure, they threw in Give Peace a Chance and Imagine. What? By John Lennon. And everyone knows how I feel about the Beatles. Give me a break. That is absurd. So not only are we going to say that we can't handle something that might mention battlefields or war or dying, but let's not even talk about peace. Let's just ignore everything. Well, that's a key point with you and the Beatles, though, right? As much as you hate them, you support anybody's right to listen to them. Heck yeah. I understand the influence and I understand what they've done to propel music. And creativity. And by the way, those are beautiful songs. And even though I'm not going to listen to them, I want other people to listen to them. And and during wartime, yeah, let's give peace a chance, people. I will get on that soapbox. And, you know, we have a whole family of military. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that's that crazy of a stance I'm taking. No. Radio programmers have continued this trend even after 9-11 with big radio conglomerate Clear Channel, which is now iHeartRadio. The really sad thing is, is even after the worldwide unrest happened, yeah, it, it took a while to get some of these radio stations to 
play the songs that were right. pulled. They're like afraid to go back into it. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much any song that mentioned death, war, planes, fire, or jumping made it on the do not play list. Um, there was a 160-song list that was leaked to the public, and Clear Channel went into a little PR fix-it mode. They were pretending that the song list was voluntary. But people at radio stations were saying it really oh, wasn't voluntary. It was like the Godfather thing. You want to do this, don't you? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So after uh, 9-11 tours were canceled, and if you were a band that was blacklisted, you were really impacted by not getting any radio play. Right. Because, you know, everyone was kind of grounded. It was it was not as bad as COVID, mm-hmm. but there were no tours that were really happening. A lot of places were shut down and, and everyone went indoors and yeah. were afraid. And these songs that had nothing to do with anything right. that was happening in the world were pulled. Leading up to 9-11, Drowning Pool um, was number one on active rock radio with their song Bodies. Okay. You know that song? Uh, Let yes. The Hit the floor. Yeah. Let the body. Yeah. And it's actually a really, I, I like the song. It's it's really um, catchy and I think it's fun. It's a fun song. I I imagine it being used for a WWE commercial. Right. Yeah. yeah, it feels, yeah. You know, it's, it's not evil in any no. way. And it's actually a song about kids having fun in the mosh pit. And it was one of the songs that were tagged that our fragile psyches couldn't handle at the time. Oh. And it was pulled. By blacklisting bodies, it totally changed the trajectory of this band because you know they were pretty new on the scene. Even though the the members of the band were in other pretty famous bands, mm-hmm. Drowning Pool hit a wall. Oh, um, because that was the probably the big hit on the album. It was the and big then hit. Nothing right. can be promoted about it. And God. because bodies was pulled, other songs were pulled too because I think people were afraid that they would get a slap on the wrist for playing anything else off the album. Sure. Because, you know, everything else went hard like that song, so they didn't play anything off the album, and it pretty much squashed the whole album. And, you know, now their careers are forever tied to that tragedy a little bit, too, because a lot of media picked up the story saying what songs were pulled, and that was one that they pulled out as this song because people didn't really understand it, and they were like, that the body is at the ground. Yeah. And people are going, yeah, this song is forever about 9-11. Wow. There's another um, song that was banned during this time, and it was a Toady song. No. We wrote a song called Plane Crash. Yeah. It had nothing to do. It was written four years prior to this. Right. But the album came out the March before uh, September 11th. Oh. And it was on the album Hell Below Stars Above, and it pretty much crushed the album. Dang. Um, Really? Yeah. And um, I feel like the song pretty much was, it it foreshadowed what happened on 9-11 because the song is about, the lyrics are about us watching TV as disasters happen and how everything is playing out on TV in front of us. And um, I'm going to read you some of the lyrics. Yeah. We're coming home on a plane crash. We'll trip our way through the night. We're breaking up on impact. We'll bring it to you live. Religion, we need it. You're broken, you're bleeding, we're living, we're living, wow. You're watching you burning, you know that you want it, we know that you want it. We're creeping into your living room, we're climbing into your bed, we're taking you all back to school, we're bringing you our dead. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing to do with 9-11, it no. was not written before that, but that song 
it sounds like you're describing 9-11. It does. And it crushed the album. God. That album, before it could even get traction, wow. was smashed. Uh-huh. And that was going to be a single. Thank God um, the movie Wine Country picked it up and they used it oh. in the soundtrack. Yay, Wine yeah. Country. Yeah. Um, anyway, but it, it, I don't think people realize. And, and by the way, those songs... Mm. The, the record companies don't go back and re-release singles off an old album. Right. So by the time 9-11, all the, the trauma from 9-11 ended, mm-hmm. Bodies, Plane Crash, some of those songs that came out at a really bad time, none of those albums went back and had record company right. push. So it killed the records. God. Yeah. And, um, and then, you, you know, you think about people like ACDC, who's pretty much their whole catalog is pulled. Yeah. That's the red and butter. Oh, of course. You got to hear Highway to Hell on the radio, and that's how they make their money. It's just... It's taking away the livelihood. And right. then not helping them do something to get it back. Right, and it takes months and months and yeah. months to get those songs back on the radio. Mm-hmm. That's the impact that censorship can have on individual bands and individual musicians. And it's just ridiculous that a band can be considered Nostradamus and that we're going to predict this thing and they're going to attach that to our songs Yeah, yeah. and And kill our music. See, and I mean, what I'll be talking about is the PMRC, Parental Music Resource Center. The whole thing about the labeling the albums with the mature label, they're like, well, it's protecting the kids. But the problem was back then that big companies that sold albums. I remember Walmart was saying, we're not going to carry anything with an M rating. Right. And so the impact is just across the board when they decide to put their hand on it and say, nope, nope, this needs a mature rating or this can't be played on the radio. Especially back in the earlier days where... Radio was all you had to really promote your stuff. Correct. It took everything away. Yeah, and it's insane what songs they picked. Have you listened to Love is a Battlefield? Come on, people. Or Walk Like an Egyptian. I know. Those are happy freaking songs. Love is a Battlefield. Pat Benatar dances that crazy dance. No one's going to fight her. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. That video. I know. It's so insane. Oh, my God. And Cutting Crew. Come on, man. That is, We're talking milk toast. I know. And you're censoring is... milk toast, <laughs> pop radio stuff. Yeah. And, and I know that there probably are some things that cause a reaction in people. I mean, music causes emotional reactions anyway. Yes. But if you cannot allow the public to be able to circumvent those waters. Yeah, yeah. Then you're going to have a, a stupid, docile public mm-hmm. who can't freaking deal with everyday life even yeah no you gotta be able to deal with that crap no you're right and sorry i'm still salty oh no understandably being a musician to realize that someone can just say no you can't play that right it's like people who don't even listen to the music are making the decisions and i think that's my biggest it's like they just pick up an album and then they look at all the titles of the songs and if there's one that stands out then they're like oh Okay, and there are going to be some examples of that in this next one. Good, let's hear this. So, in 1985, September 19, the country was in the middle of the Reagan era. 
Yep. You had uh, moral panics that were actually really happening a lot during those days. There was uh, the war on drugs, Nancy Reagan. I think she showed up on different strokes. Yep. And what was it? Um, Say no was the slogan or something like yep. that. Uh, there was that fear, uh, the big fear of AIDS because AIDS huh. was rampant. Yep. And... There was the fear of the homosexual. I mean, uh, people were just starting to question everyone. Anything that was different, they were creating fear around. Oh, exactly. And then there was also the exposure of children to dangerous material. And so there was also this group called the PMRC, Parental Music Resource Center. That's what they called themselves. Senator Al Gore at the time, his wife, Tipper, What happened is she bought a Prince album for her daughter, Purple Rain. Yeah. Talk about. along with the movie. Big album. Huge. They bought it and brought it home. And it's kind of weird. They listened to the record together. Mm. Tipper's a little controlling here already. Yep. But on the album is a song called Darling Nikki. Yeah. uh, Which is a song about a female sex fiend hitting the kitten. So, had she not watched the movie? (laughs) And first of all, it's Prince. Yeah. Prince is never known to be your wholesome, what the hell, No, exactly. But see, it's almost like Purple Rain was the moment that he really hit big. And now all of a sudden, everyone is wanting to hear Prince. Right. And that's bringing in the Tipper Gores and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But the lyrics embarrassed both of them. She said, "How did wait? Her daughter's eleven. Yes. How does her daughter know what Darling Nikki was about? I know. Well, Tipper told her how embarrassing it was, maybe, but it pissed her off so bad that she was thinking, "Oh my God, how many kids are being given this record, and the parents have no idea what's on the record." So her outrage led to the creation of the PMRC with other prominent women in Washington, D.C. It was the most evil organization ever. But, yeah, it created a list of the filthy 15. Here we go, blacklisting. The 15 musicians that were included on that list, some of them were, of course, Prince. Right. Madonna, Black Sabbath, Cyndi Lauper. (laughs) <laughs> Sheena Easton and the great, great Mary Jane girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I what know that, does that song. Bring back to you? I know that song. Which I, one was? Well, I, Mary I, you Jane know girls. I, I looked them up, and it said that they were formed by Rick James. Okay, what did they sing? Um, God, what was the name of that song? That would have been in my house. Yes, uh, yes. Thank you. Oh. Do you I'll remember to, that song? Not by the title. We I'll have played to it at Sound Warehouse. Ah, that's funny. You, if you heard it, you I'll, would know the song. Once I hear it, I'll probably remember it. Okay, what's yeah. more the 15? I want to know. Uh, I want to judge them. Oh, I don't have the others. Okay. But I'm sure they're along all these lines. But, of course, being important women associated with politicians, they were able to get them to have a Senate hearing. I remember the Senate hearings. Oh, yes. It made it on television and all that stuff. Yep. There were three major speakers at the hearing representing musicians. They were John Denver, Mm -hmm. Dee Snider of Twisted Sister, and Frank Zappa. 
I think they had some other people come in and talk, but those they were some the record three company folks. Right. Those were the three primary ones. I remember that totally changed the public <clears throat> view of D. Snyder because everyone yes. thought that he was just this makeup blowhard guy yes. singing crazy rock songs. And he was very eloquent. Yes. And it's funny because he went to the hearing dressed in his twisted sister apparel yep. and like having his hair all out and everything like that. And didn't, I think Frank Zappa cleaned up and John Denver cleaned up, but he showed up just like that. And then you're right. He, the way he expressed himself right. and his thoughts and opinions. And, and I remember some people that I knew were upset that he was going to be one of the speakers. Yeah. Because they were like, oh shit, this is embarrassing. Oh. This is what we're throwing out there to combat censorship. And then after he spoke, they were like, oh, okay, all right. Right. That was a good pick. Well, and you could tell even the senators were just so smug and they were just expecting them to just be stupid musicians. Yep. And Frank Zappa, boy, He's a brainiac. He's a brainiac, outspoken, kind of snooty when he was alive. But some of the comments he made to them, uh, he said during his hearing uh, the $8.98 purchase price does not entitle you to a kiss on the foot from the composer or performer in exchange for a spin on the family Victrola. Oh, so yeah. that one. Two more. Taken as a whole, he said, the complete list of PMRC demands reads like an instruction manual for some sinister kind of toilet training program <laughs> to housebreak all composers and performers because of the lyrics of a few. Ladies, how dare you? Oh. I know. This, it was good. And then the last one, one of my favorites that he said, the demands of the PMRC are equivalent of treating dandruff by decapitation. <laughs> <laughs> so his point was just for a few bands that might be crossing the line, don't just go across the board right. and censor everything. There was not really any studying of the things that they were attacking. One of the things they brought up, a Twisted Sister song called Under the Knife. The PMRC claimed it was about sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. And then during D. Snyder's hearing, he stated that the song was about someone having fear of having surgery. Yeah. So it was just all about the title and just what they assume the song means. Right. Some extreme examples of some of the things that happened as a result of this chaotic approach that the PMRC had. A Frank Zappa album called Jazz from Hell, purely instrumental. No, no words. No at lyrics. All. Nothing. Probably because it was jazz from hell. It was given an explicit lyric label. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It shows how ludicrous yep. this was. It also happened to instrumental artist Vangelis. What? <laughs> now, you might not know Vangelis by name, but he wrote the music to Chariots of Fire and Blade Runner. Oh, but those sound evil. Definitely. Well, those weren't stickered. Uh, his album, Opera Sauvage, was even given a sticker. Supposedly, a PMRC member felt that the album title was French for sausage opera <laughs> and deemed it dangerous to young ears for its underlying meaning. So, 
<laughs> well, you know it's funny on Jazz from Hell. I wonder if the hit single uh, "G Spot Tornado" oh. contributed to the sticker. Oh, that could too. So the lyrics were just the song titles. Yes, themselves. yes, they were looking on the back of the record. Right. You got yeah, G spots and sausage operas, and it's time to label everything. Do you remember the story that came out at the time? Suicidal tendencies. Remember? So they were on the list definitely because of their names. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just the PMRC that was jacking with musicians. The Dead Kennedys were jacked with. Yes. um, Where police or FBI or someone would raid their house and scare them. Yes. But suicidal tendencies quit playing music for a while because someone broke into their house that was a police agency which they could not identify. There's been uh, stories that it was the FBI, that it was local law enforcement, but they busted down the doors, came in while they were in bed, because I think the band shared a house together. Right. They're poor punk rockers. Yeah. And put guns in their faces with flashlights and told them that they need to quit playing that music. Do remember that. You remember that? They they told the story. They quit playing for a long time. And then when they did come back... They were not punk rock anymore. They played... It was some, more the metal. Yeah, they did some yeah. metal stuff, and they weren't doing their old shtick. It scared the shit out of them. Yeah. And with the Dead Kennedys, it just actually made them go into politics because Gibby ran for mayor of San Francisco. Oh, you mean Jell-O. Or, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, I said Gibby. Jell-O yeah. ran... Yeah, Jell-O ran for mayor. Yeah, ran for mayor. Because he was so mad, and he wanted to stop all this bullshit. Oh, God. No, I, I do remember that story. And that was just them just... Oh. Yeah, so the West Coast punk rock scene really got decimated mm-hmm. by the PMRC right. and all of this churn that was happening um, with the government of censoring music and censoring artists right. and opinion, especially with the Dead Kennedys because of their stance against Reagan and oh, Reaganomics. Oh, yes. Those were all earmarked for, yeah, trying to take them down. Right, and censoring their album art. Oh, Yeah. I bought, in fact, I bought the album that got him in trouble. It was a classic H.R. Giger painting that was done in 1973. It's called Penis Landscape. Yep. Looks very alien, but it's just a whole row of penises going into vaginas. Yes. I remember first unfolding the poster. I couldn't tell what the hell it was. (laughs) And I remember my sister's like, oh, my God. Right, because it looks really mechanical. And And that's, yeah, it has that look of Alien because H.R. Giger did all the artwork for Alien. I mean, that painting he did is in a, I think it's a museum in France. But here goes the Dead Kennedys putting a picture of it in their album and they get fucked. Yeah. Speaking of penises, have you guys seen uh, Rage Against the Machines <laughs> protest against the PMRC? No. Yeah, I think in 93, they stood on stage with PMRC written across their chests and uh, oh. duct tape over their mouths, completely naked. Yes, oh. I remember that now. Yeah. Yep, I remember that. That was very poignant. No. And I'm not a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, but I love their message, and I love that all of them have stayed true to what their message is. Yeah. And I gotta love that. Gotta respect that. Yeah. Mm, big time. I do not fault suicidal tendencies for having the fear of God jackbooted <laughs> into them. Oh, I know. I don't know how I'd act. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't know if one. you're put into that situation where someone busts down your door, busts out all the windows, 
turns over everything in your house and points a gun in your face, mm-hmm. what you would do? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I so don't I can't know fault them at all. No. But the people who didn't Kudos stray from them. what their message was, yeah. that's some freaking bravery. You're not kidding. Yeah. Uh, Fucking censorship. Yeah. <laughs> well, the kuzu's not being censored today. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> the kazoo speaks its mind. Uh, oh, it's time for the Lone Star Salute. I love it. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. Oh, it is. I enjoy it. And we don't censor anyone. We don't censor anyone. We yeah. will we will read your one star reviews. Yeah. Of anything. Yeah. If you didn't like it, you want to cuss about it, we'll read it. We'll read it. <laughs> we'll even try to find it and read it. So, <laughs> so they're they're becoming harder to come by. They are. So this isn't very interesting. So let's talk about this a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. So Amazon is censoring one-star reviews of things. Yes. Yep. And it came out not too long ago. I think it was about a few months ago, three months ago, that any one-star reviews of things, they're taken down. Yeah. I remember uh, trying to prep for some of these shows and then looking for one-star reviews. And like if you Google one-star reviews, some people are commenting where my one-star was taken down. Right. So so don't let them censor uh, your one-star reviews, people. Yeah, keep write posting them. them and posting them. <laughs> right, you should write more, in fact. Yeah. Things that you don't like, have an opinion. Oh, God. You can write about stuff you do like, too, but come on, man. Yeah. It needs to be balanced out. Exactly. Opinions need to be expressed. But I'll go first. My review is about Frank Zappa. Have awesome. you ever tried to listen to his music? Yes. It's tough. For me, it was a challenge. It is. There's so much he put out, stuff that's so different. There's that one album where it's three hours of guitar solos. <laughs> oh, my God. But his fans love him. But on Big Frank Zappa fan right here, by the way. Man, Are the you? musicianship, I found out later that Missing Persons were members of Frank Zappa's band. Yeah. I saw them live a few times, but the one time I saw them, I was up at the front row. I was like, these guys are really good musicians playing with this crazy new wave singer, <sighs> Del Bazio. <laughs> I noticed it right away, and that's before I knew that they were Frank Zappa musicians. Oh, God. Anyway. Frank Zappa was supposed uh, to be The so Turtles demanding. played with Frank Zappa. That's true. Yes. Yeah, back in the very early, like 69, 70. But yeah, I know like everyone's always like, oh, the musicians are so good. They can play so well. But like, I love Frank Zappa, songs, yeah. everything. Do you find yourself enjoying most of his work? Because no. his work is so varied. No. Some of it's like way too weird. Yeah. So you definitely got to hunt for it. But, you know, I grew up around Zappa fans, so I had people kind of show me what was good and what wasn't. Yeah, I know. You need directions. To right. Find yeah. The you need a map. Stuff. Oh, a map. Big time. Yeah. I always considered Zappa to be like reading a college book. Oh, God. You don't read it for fun. And so I like sometimes music to just be fun and easy to listen to. Yeah. And Frank Zappa, for the most part, is not for me. I would say Apostrophe is a very fun album. Okay. Yeah. But he's interested. I'm going to check it out. Don't Eat the Yellow Snow. I know that. Okay, I know that. I know that yep. one. This is kind of going along the lines of this review. The reviewer says, 
Oh, where do I even begin with this sonic catastrophe? He's talking about the album Zoot Allures. Yep. Uh, the most infuriating aspect of Frank Crappa's Zoot Allures is the sheer arrogance of it all. Zappa seems to revel in his own musical self-indulgence as if he's the only one who truly understands the brilliance of his disjointed compositions. That might be true. (laughs) It's like being trapped in a room with a pompous know-it-all who insists on explaining the intricacies of quantum physics while you're just trying to enjoy a simple conversation. And he ends it with, Hey, Frank... I don't need a penne pomodoro with cherry tomato sauce. I just want Chef Boyardee. Oh, okay. That makes me want to listen to Frank Zappa because you know what? What? Notice Chef Bar- Boyardee. Why are you going to eat that crap? <laughs> it's just simple to the guy. I don't want a can of, of pasta. <laughs> I know. It always does have a weird metallic smell to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Franken beans and all that stuff. I don't want any Frank, of that anymore. Frank, Frank and beans. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What have you got? My Lone Star salute is for Drowning Pool. Oh, yeah. And this is entitled Pool of Dead Kittens by Eric Juzma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he says, with each new Drowning Pool album, they continually got worse. Inner Circle still had a few songs that I liked, and since I hadn't heard a Drowning Pool album that I actually disliked, I figured I'd get this one too. Why this not? Yeah. Sucks. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Every single song on here could be played on the radio and be a hit. In, uh- <laughs> in quotation marks. <laughs> okay. Which is wrong for a metal band. Mainstream uh- metal doesn't work. Yeah. The only song that sounded kind of heavy was All About Me, and this song suffers from something that each and every song on this album does, simple lyrics. They dumbed everything down, and they're so plain. Drowning Pool is dead to me. Whoa. (laughs) Some people, when bands change their sound a little bit or something, they get very personal about it. Boy, this one did. I'm never going to kick any band in the crotch for wanting to be played on the radio. Never. Ever. I agree. You got to make a living if that's your job. I mean, when Nirvana was played on the radio, did that change your opinion? No, it didn't at all. Right. Made me Hell tired yeah. of it after right. hearing it so much. You got much, tired of but, it, yeah. but you're actually kind of stoked that they got played on the radio. I don't remember which musician it was, but they were talking about how their fans seem to hate when they get popular. Yeah. If you want us to make more albums, you want us to get more popular. Right. Don't make us just like your little band no one know, else knows about. Exactly. I love discovering music, and I like being the only one to know about some bands, but I'm going to be super happy when they get popular the yeah. pixies uh, remember surfer rosa was one of our favorite records mm-hmm. of that time period but when their when their album came out and here comes your man got huge mm-hmm. it didn't make me dislike them any less no it just meant that more people were going to be at their show and it might be harder to get tickets but so. it's good for them yeah, I was totally happy that other people were listening to them. But the most important thing is their sound didn't change. They, they got on the radio doing what they always did. And so. you total respect for that. Yep. So. Love it. Yep. It's recap time. 
This is the happy ending part. Yeah. But I don't know if we've got a happy ending with censorship because it's still going on. Yeah, we just got an ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're skipping the happy, just getting to the ending. Yeah. And censorship is still continuing on the radio. But the thing is, is that radio is totally changing and has changed and we're going to streaming and i think that this is one of the reasons why streaming is so popular yeah now because you get to choose what you want you're making your own playlist some program director is in you know in their basement is not choosing this for you yeah because they have some ulterior motive speaking of program directors i know genie's been a program director for the radio a music director music director yeah i would not program director i would not want that big target on my back oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you didn't have that target on you so you've probably had to censor some stuff Yeah, one artist that we were playing was accused of some rather shitty behavior toward women, including another indie artist. So we took his music off the air. Mm, Yeah. Oh, look at you, Miss PMRC. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I I think that there, there are reasons to not play someone. Oh, based on behavior? Definitely. I get that. But just to do a fail sweep like we've talked about... Where it's like, oh, that's a bad title, basing it just on the music. Yeah, that's wrong. I will survive. No, <laughs> Gloria Gaynor. I'm taking your song off the radio. Yeah. Uh, we want you to die. That's yeah. their message, right? Yeah. Is that the opposite of I will survive? I don't know. So there's your happy ending. I know. every <laughs> Everything I've talked about today is not a jackalope tale. Yep. None of these are jackalope tales. This is for real, and this is going on. Even as crazy as it sounds, it's not a jackalope tale. No. So, it exists. Hopefully, yeah. you'll hear this episode. So, everyone, I want to thank you for listening, and please follow the links on our show notes to find us on the socials. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And join us next time as we question, is it real or is it a jackalope tale? Your head is like Sputnik. Leave. <laughs> <laughs>